Gone Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Howell. And I'm your host, Angie Rogers Howell. What is the Gone Boss Podcast? Well, it's a weekly podcast featuring awesome people in our community. We'll interview them, find out what makes them tick, the cool things they're doing to make our community a great place to live and work, and how they've gone boss. Be sure to check us out at goneboss.com or hashtag goneboss. We're on Instagram at goneboss2k or find us on Facebook by searching for Gone Boss. In the studio with me, I have Jennifer Stanfield, District 6560 Governor of Rotary. Tell me about that. Hi, Matt. Thanks for inviting me. So Central Indiana is District 6560. We have three districts in Indiana, and so I'll be serving about 44 clubs throughout the middle of Indiana. Looking forward to my year as governor, I have served in a lot of roles behind the scenes, and those that have been in Rotary for a while have either seen my name or my face somewhere. So So how'd you get started in Rotary? Well, I started in Rotary when I started as a realtor in the Lafayette, Indiana area. I tried to get involved in Rotary or some other organization, but I just felt like Rotary was the best fit for me. Their motto, service above self, is something that I've always enjoyed. But um, the club in Lafayette had a restriction on how many realtors they would. Yeah, one per category or something like that. One or two per category. So then when I became a commercial realtor, I thought, oh, well, that's a little bit different. Maybe I could be a commercial realtor. Nope, had that one covered (laughs) too. So I was recruited by a local bank who, when I was a realtor, had their properties that were bank-owned listed. Okay. And they were looking to change their corporate culture in helping their frontline employees think more like owners. So they thought, well, why don't we hire an entrepreneur and teach her this banking stuff that she needs to know? But we need to know how to think like owners. So when I became a banker, then... Then you got in. I got into real estate. <laughs> or I'm sorry, got into Rotary. And that's because my bank was based in Crawfordsville, which is my hometown. And the Crawfordsville Rotary Club didn't have those restrictions based on classification. They were looking for people who had a heart to serve. Okay. Nothing negative about the other club. It just, that's the way they're structured. And in Rotary... The club is supreme. They are autonomous. They make their own rules. So when I started my career in banking, I started my career in Rotary. Okay. Give me a time period. What 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 year was this? 2014. 2014. Okay. Mm-hmm. So from 2014 to now 2023, you're now district governor, yes. the highest level you can be in this area yes. uh, in Rotary. So yes. that's, a, that's amazing. Yeah. So who tapped you, I guess, to get in line? to be district governor? Because it takes like three years, right? Um, you have to be a, yes, it does. The district line does take three years. Um, and, and that's all preparation for your year as district governor. But um, I attended a mid-year conference in 20, either 2014 or 2015. I'm not sure which year. And met a gentleman in the parking lot afterwards and said, well, you're from Crawfordsville. You have Camp Rotary. Our district doesn't really know much about it. Would you be interested in speaking at our district conference coming up at the Children's Museum about Camp Rotary and what you have to offer? 
And I'm like, sure, I'll be glad to do that. And those of you from Muncie know that individual. That was Dale Basham. Yes. <laughs> so he's the one that tapped me on the shoulder. And um, I started doing things kind of behind the scenes. I My club elected me as club president. And then when Dale became district governor, he asked me to serve as an assistant governor. Okay. And that kind of led... Do many, many things that have mm-hmm. happened since then. Now, you just got back from Australia. I did. Tell me about that. That's a big rotary deal that happens every year, not just in uh, Australia, but they move it around. But tell me about that giant conference. That was amazing. It was in Melbourne, Australia. Never been to Australia. And I've had a lot of people say, oh, it's a once-in-a-lifetime trip. And I keep saying back to them, I hope not. <laughs> it was beautiful. We were there during their winter, our summer. The weather was beautiful. The atmosphere, the people were wonderful. Um, It was a big adjustment. Everything's on the other side. Yeah. So even when you go on an escalator, you normally, you know, in the States, we go on the right side. It's all on the left side. I was able to connect with people from all over the world because the Rotary International Convention, like you said, happens every year and it's always some place else. And so Last year it was in Houston, Texas, but mm-hmm. I was not able to attend. That would have been the easiest one to go to. And so I just set up an alert on my phone for airfare. And when airfare dropped to Melbourne, I booked my ticket and decided I'm going. And so I spent about two weeks there and uh, got to know a lot of people in Rotary, made a lot of connections where we can do friendship exchanges, where Folks from our area can kind of like swap locations or go visit another country or another community Mm -hmm. and stay with other Rotarians if they want or in a hotel. But just a lot of Kind of like youth exchange for adults. Youth exchange for (laughs) adults, yes. I got quote-unquote kidnapped by some Rotarians from New South Wales who they were wearing End Polio Now t-shirts, and I was wearing my Rotary logo, and we were riding the same tram. And they said, you're going to dinner with us. And I said, okay, I'm going to dinner with you. And so every meal that I was there, and I traveled by myself, Mm -hmm. I never ate by myself. Really? And um, every restaurant that I was at a waiter or waitress that was waiting on us wanted to know how long, you know, oh, I see you guys are friends. How long have you been friends? And and over and over again, my Australian friend or my uh, South African friend or whoever I was eating with would say, oh, we just met. And, <laughs> and the waitresses are like, really? You sound like you've known each other a long time. Well, we have a lot in common. Now let's go back a little bit because okay. you mentioned you were in real estate yes. and banking a little yes. bit. So where did you get your start? So when I graduated from high school, I'm from Mm -hmm. Crawfordsville originally, my mom owned her own real estate company, and I absolutely did not want to go into (laughs) real estate because I grew up in the business. She started when I was in kindergarten. And so I think when you have um, a strong female Mm. in your life, and in my case, my mom, I am so proud of what she's been able to accomplish because... She was a leader in her industry as a female in a male-dominated industry. She was able to bring a lot of things to the Montgomery County area because of her influence. And um, I saw that growing up. Very inspiring when you see someone who is empowered in their role and figuring out how to get things done despite obstacles that there might be out there. So 
even though I was proud of what she had to, she had accomplished, I didn't want to follow those shoes because it looked like it was too hard of work. <laughs> it really did. And so when I went to school, I thought, you know what, I'm going to be a lawyer instead. That's what I want to do. So I have a degree in history. Okay. Totally planned to be an attorney. <laughs> But I got married and had children, and then the next thing you know, uh, I think I'm too old. I was never too old, but you think that you're too oh, old. Oh, yeah. So go Even when you're that. 30, you're like, I'm so old. I'm but. so old. And so I thought, well, what am I going to do? And I thought, well, I do have a real estate license. I mean, I've been licensed since I was 18 years old. Wow. Okay. And I thought, well, I might as well go into real estate. I worked in my mom's office for a while, and then I worked in the Lafayette market for a while. 2014 is when the bank that I had listings for recruited me to come be their branch manager for them. And I thought I would retire from that job. I loved it so much. Now, I went to the district conference and you made mention that you're in a different career path now or doing something different. Yes. So in 2018, my husband was working for Purdue University and he decided to take early retirement and accept a position with IU Health. And that moved us downtown Indianapolis. Okay. Which we loved living downtown Indianapolis, but that's too far of a commute from Indianapolis to Linden, Indiana. So um, I took some time off. We were we needed some time off so that I could be available because the house was on the market back in mm-hmm. Romney, Indiana. And uh, we also were caring for my husband's father. So we had a few things going on behind the scenes, and we decided maybe it'd be better for me to be a little more available, and then I'll go look for a job maybe in six months. Then COVID happened. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So I thought, what am I going to do Now that I'm in a new location, I don't really know anybody. I'm not really a banker, per se. I'm more of a self-employed individual. What do I do in COVID? Our district governor at that time was Joe Collins. Mm -hmm. And now we were going to have to pivot in Rotary to do almost everything online. So I worked behind the scenes. I put together a virtual President's elect training seminar for our district. And I put together our mid year conference virtually. And then we did a multi district district conference with the Southern Indiana District. And I did all of that work for him. So I volunteered 100% of my time in 2019, 2020 for our Rotary District. And so it just worked behind the scenes. However, they decided to name me the Rotarian of the Year for 2020. Nice. I thought, thank you. But that didn't really put any money in my pocket. But (laughs) I have this beautiful award, and it really does mean a lot to me when they called me to tell me they wanted to make sure that I was at the event where they were going to be awarding that. And I'm like, well, yeah, I'm planning on being there. Okay, good. You know, I told them on the phone, I said, I'm honestly, I'm speechless. I can't believe they both left. Dr. Um, Dr. Uh, Charles Shumate was the past um, district governor, and then Joseph Collins was the current district governor, and mm-hmm. they were both laughing in the background. We didn't think we could ever make you speechless. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you uh, a substitute teacher that's or something That's true. Now? I am. That's my... what you told me at the district conference. That's right. Like, so oh. my daughter is an elementary school teacher in Washington Township in Indianapolis, 
And she said, Mom, we are desperate for subs. So I started subbing here, there, everywhere, four different elementary schools that I was substituting at. And my daughter's school contacted me before school started last year and said, listen, we've got a teacher who's going to be starting, but can't come for the first 30 days. Would you be willing to teach second grade for the first three to four weeks of school? I said, oh yeah, I would love to do that. And we have an art teacher who's going on maternity leave in September. Would you be willing to fill in and just be our full-time you know, substitute. So I got a temporary teaching license and uh, worked in the school that semester. And the second semester, Crooked Creek Elementary asked me to come work with them. And I, at Crooked Creek, I worked with the special needs department and love working with those kids. And so that's what I'm going to be doing for a while. I really enjoy giving back. And I know that I'm making a difference in these kids' lives. Tell me about the upcoming year as district governor for Rotary. What you've got planned? What what are some of the big highlights that people can expect? So we've had a tough time, every one of us in the world, the past three years have been horrendous. So I want to have a lot of fun. I want us to have a lot of opportunities to get together as a district for our smaller clubs and our larger clubs to connect to do service projects together, either locally or internationally. And so I have multiple events. We have a Rotary Family Picnic that's coming up on July the 9th at Eagle Creek Park. It's not going to cost anything to come except for getting in at the gate. It's $6 a car load. So bring everybody. Bring everybody. <laughs> it's going to be a fun time and an opportunity for us to connect and visit and And the things that I enjoyed about going to Melbourne was those opportunities just to connect and visit and what are you doing in your community and, and how can we, how can we further connect and and maybe do projects together. And so we have a black tie event coming up that is part of the Polio Plus Society. We've only had three new cases of the wild polio virus in the world. We are so close to eradicating that disease that has affected so many people's lives to where when I was growing up, I didn't know of anyone who had polio, but we still have communities and nations where they do have that going on. Yeah. So we're going to have a black tie event for that, almost like an adult prom, if you will. It's going to be so much fun. We have mid-year conference, which will be at Wabash College in October, where we're going to focus on the foundation and how more people can be involved in giving back. Because our foundation for the last 14 years has been given four stars by Charity Navigator, which is the highest level you can receive. So there are a lot of nonprofits that you can donate to. And why not let everyone in the district know about the Rotary Foundation? Because we're doing it very well. Let's see, the springtime, we will have our annual district conference, and it'll be downtown Indianapolis at the Mirage Shrine. I've got some special speakers that um, I don't fully have committed yet, but some great it's ideas. It's so far away, though. It's actually, it's actually <laughs> not. It's going to be here before you know it. It but will sneak up on you, I'm yeah, sure. One of the things that I'm working on that we, I don't have firm 
but I'm hoping I can find people in our district who are passionate about um, youth. I want to provide a district youth convention that same weekend where we have um, high school clubs that are called Interact, and we have college clubs called Rotaract, and we have Rotary Youth Exchange, and we have um, a program in uh, March called RILA, which stands for Rotary Youth Leadership Awards. And all of those things together, I don't know why we hadn't thought of this before, but we need an opportunity for our Interact Clubs to actually interact with yes. one another. So we're working on providing that opportunity. And since Riley Hospital was put together as a rotary project from the very beginning. I didn't know that. It, the, the Riley Hospital was something that Rotary in Indiana built because of polio and because um, children were on iron lungs coming to the Indianapolis area to be on these iron lungs. James Whitcomb Riley, who was a member of the Greenfield Rotary Club, started asking people around the state to donate so that we could build um, this hospital. And it's named after James Whitcomb Riley, a Greenfield Rotarian. So a lot of us don't know that. So with this, um, hopefully, this um, convention for the youth, we can do a project that will benefit Riley Hospital. Very nice. But that's all in the works. Okay. Don't hold you to it yet, but it's in the works. You can hold me to it because I'm going to do whatever <laughs> I can to make sure it gets done. I just don't have people in place yet. What's your favorite band or artist? What kind of music do you listen to? Well, I like all kinds of music, uh, but if I had to pick just one... Harry Connick Jr. Okay. Very nice. Got that big band kind of feel. And right. Crooner. Crooner, yes. And he's easy on the eyes, too. What's your favorite movie? The Man from Snowy River. Okay. Now, who's in that? Because that, that's a Kirk little older. Douglas, Kirk Douglas is the only known name in it, but um, it's based in Australia. Oh. <laughs> But the thing that I like about that movie, the cinematography is amazing, but um, <clears throat> the overall message in that movie is don't let anybody tell you you're not valuable because you have value in ways that other people don't. Have you ever met anyone famous? Well, I have Earl Scruggs' autograph. I met him at the Bean Blossom Festival. That's very cool. So I'm trying to think if there's anybody else. I mean, I... I waved to A.J. Foyt um, <laughs> at the Indianapolis um, airport when in, back in the 70s. I met Johnny Parsons Jr. Um, when he was a race car driver. Um, I mean, I've worked with a lot of Christian artists because the church that I attended had a lot of concerts and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, so I big rode, names in the Christian uh, music uh, industry. Right. I, I rode the elevator up with Jeremy Camp, but I okay. was I was visiting with his younger brother because it was his younger brother's high school graduation. Are you an early bird or a night owl? Both. Okay. You can stay up late, but yet get up early too. Yes. Yeah. All right. I you... prefer to get work done early in the morning, um, but if I have to stay up late, I'll do that too. Okay. Seems like Rotary has a lot of late, late night things too. So mm -hmm. <laughs> what does success mean to you? For me, um, I'm not motivated by money. Otherwise, I wouldn't be volunteering all the time. But no, <laughs> um, it is important. I would say success to me is lives changed around me. Um, people that 
strive to do better uh, from my interacting with me or um, I've worked uh, behind the scenes as a mentor with kids and so for me success is when I see mindset change in others. Thank you so much for being our guest today and taking time out of your busy rotary schedule. Congratulations and good luck with being district governor for 6560 this next year. Thank you, Matt. You had a big weekend. I did. A big, big weekend. A big, big weekend. <laughs> we talked about in our last episode something that I've done that I've done that's taken me out of my comfort zone. Yes, yes. That's and I want to get the, the 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 reasoning why behind it. But you are now a bartender, a licensed bartender. I am. And you have <laughs> had your second gig. I've had two paying bartending gigs. So the yes. first one was uh, about a month ago or so. This uh, other one just happened. Tell me about this party. Well, this one, so my first one was like pretty low key. They had fun, but it wasn't crazy or anything like that. And I was like the second bartender. So the assistant bartender. Cool. This one, I was on my own. You were in charge of the whole room. It was a wedding, correct? Yes. Wedding with an open bar. And how many people would you estimate at this wedding? 250, something like that, maybe. But how many drinks did you make? Uh, I I kept a tally of the drinks I made, and I made over 500 mixed drinks. For those 250 people. Yes. So everybody at least had two drinks, but they were mixed drinks. It mixed wasn't drinks. just all beer and no. wine. No, it was you pouring... Uh, what, vodka, what, what, vodka, pineapple. Lot of, lot, lot of vodka. Uh, so much vodka. Like a big giant one. What are those? Like gallons? I don't even know. Oh, it's a half gallon. Half yeah. gallon, and then three smaller ones. Okay, those are those would be fifths, I guess. You're the bartender, not me. I don't know the. I don't know that. I wasn't the, there. Anyway. I just know they don't have gallon Tito's. They had big. If, if they do, they're 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 on special order. Well, they may be for like bars and things like that because it was a big one. <laughs> anyway, so we went through vodka. We went through Malibu. We went through regular rum. You say we. You went through me, it all because <laughs> you were the only bartender at For that this party. Gig. Yes, for, for this, this gig. There was also one going on upstairs, uh, but I wasn't up there for that one. I was only down for downstairs, and it opened at 5. Yeah. The bar opened at five right after the wedding. And I had a solid line of people where I did not stop until seven o'clock. That's two hours. And then I only stopped because I ran out of ice and I had to go get more ice from the kitchen and refill my <laughs> ice cooler. And then I kept going until about nine o'clock where it slowed down a little bit. And but then, not a lot. Not a lot. And then we were done at 10. And oh my goodness, 500 drinks. It was crazy. Now... You also told me you you did run out of stuff. Oh, yeah. By the end of the night, I had somebody come up to me and say, hey, I know we're out of like everything. What do you have that is clear? <laughs> and I was like, water? <laughs> we have water. Because you could use some. You could probably use some. <laughs> so, yeah, we ran out of vodka. We ran out of Malibu. We ran out of Bacardi. Uh, oh, my gosh. We ran out of Sour Mix. We were out of two different kinds of beer. Everything. We were out of everything. So we had a good party. So at the end of the night, everybody's settling up. What happened? Well, I had like, you know, my tip jar out. So I had some like yeah. cash tips and whatever. Not You're like, like huge. feeling good though. Feeling good. I'm like, look at that. There's some money in there. I made some money. And then we go and we're like, all right, dude, here's the here's the tab of the bar. Because I was like, oh, cash bar or 
open bars make me nervous because like yeah. is someone gonna make it sticker shock or whatever well this person had sticker shock but like the opposite way like they had yeah, budgeted he thought he was gonna spend more he thought he was gonna spend more and he got a bargain apparently so he tipped me a lot of a, money yes a significant amount of money <laughs> <laughs> i would that i was not expecting um and yeah i'm like wow that was a very good evening for everyone. I don't know how they felt the next day. They were probably all hungover as I'll get out. Well, let me ask you about your next day, the next morning. Oh, my gosh. The next morning. <laughs> so we know that I'm not the most active person anymore. I live a fairly sedentary lifestyle, sitting at my desk all day. I could barely move the next day because <laughs> I was standing on concrete floors, right? Yeah. And then every time... We needed a beer. You gotta open bend the, over to the open to the, the beer cooler, cooler. The cooler then hit you, right? Yes, the cooler kept hitting me on the arm. So <laughs> I, I mean, I probably got seventy five beers out of there. So seventy five times the coolers hit me on the arm. That whatever. Every time I need a mixed drink, I have to bend over and get the ice out of the ice cooler. So bending over there, making my shoulders hurt, my arms hurt, my legs hurt. I, could I can barely tell you. Move. On Sunday morning, she was moving slow. Yes, I, I was like a grandma moving. But now I'm doing some stretches and I'm fine. It's better. But you know what? That tip makes it worth it. I work so much, so hard. There was not a time to stop and like eat. Usually one of the good things about doing weddings, oh, yeah, either DJ stuff, get to eat their food, eat their cake, whatever. Um, No, no, I did not get to eat. I took home <laughs> some cold chicken at the end of the night. Well, I, I brought you home a cupcake for my gig. You so did. There you go. Yeah, I think I might have made almost as much as you did for my gig. <laughs> almost. <laughs> almost. Not quite. Not quite, but still. But was... I got to eat the meal and drink their drink, and it was great. Yeah, and you probably had a chance to like sit down for half a second. Oh, yeah, I got me- myself a chair. Heck, yeah. Oh, I didn't even have a chair. I didn't even have time to sit on the cooler. <laughs> <laughs> I was, And I got so many compliments. They were like, wow, you're so good. Do you burnt in a lot and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, actually, this is my second time ever. <laughs> Maybe I'm just a lush in real life and I know how to make drinks. I don't know. (laughs) Thanks for joining us for this episode of Gone Boss. Be sure to check us out at goneboss.com or hashtag goneboss. We're on Instagram at goneboss2k or you can find us on Facebook just by searching Gone Boss. If you like what you heard today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. Today's episode was brought to you by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Check them out at shaperleadership.com. Have a great rest of your day, and don't forget to tune in next week to find out who has gone gone boss. boss.